Today on the Matt Mad Podcast, we're talking about our own layouts and mistakes we made when building them. So get your ticket from the station, grab a seat, and make sure you don't miss the train. All aboard. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 62 of the Matt and Scale Trains podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rochford, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Matt Z. Matt, how you doing tonight? Doing pretty good, man. How you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. And, of course, uh, our good friend, Johnny. Johnny, how's it going? Help, I don't know how to record podcasts anymore. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. It has it's definitely been a while since we recorded a podcast. So it's been a while since I've been on. Yeah, that's Here's my this, voice again. You know what I mean? It's been like a year, right? Something like that. Yeah. We <laughs> we've all been really busy with all of our, you know, life's kind of gotten in the way for all of us. And uh that's the main reason why we haven't recorded in a while. But uh we're back now and we'll be back on our normal schedule. You're still in the podcast payroll. I guess so. Really? I don't know. I ha- I haven't got the uh uh, I'm fired notice yet, so. How many six day? How many sick days does this guy get, man? I, really, this, I need to check our uh, our policy now. <laughs> he's really, he's really on the verge of like you know being fired again. I, I, I swear. I know we should have uh, Mike Reagan tell me all about it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. So, like Matt and Johnny said, we kind of took a vacation for May. Uh, we all had stuff going on and it was just impossible to find kind of a time to record. So we considered May to be the Matt Matt official podcast month. <laughs> I don't know if this will happen again, but that that's kind of what we're going with. Matt, Matt month. month. That's what we'll call it. Yeah. I like that idea. There you go. You know? <laughs> Matt, Matty C, okay. Red Matt, you know, uh, Matt, you bought the passion. Oh, no, I don't get, I don't get any part of this. Yeah. No, nope. oh, I don't get anything. I don't. I don't get anything. Uh, well, no, tech. Well, now wait. Now wait a minute. Hold on a minute. You have three months with the letter J in them. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're all for the other J people. Well, I don't true. get one. Yeah, forget it. Anyhow, it's <laughs> for July Smith. July Smith. You know that <laughs> so, if you guys uh, might notice tonight on this episode, uh, we are changing the format a bit. Uh, you will see a lot of different segments uh, where, you know, we're trying to make our podcast a little bit more smoother. We've heard the comments. We've received the feedback. Uh, we went through and retooled a lot of sections. So we really hope you like kind of our new format. And again, you know, we're very open to feedback. And after today's episode, if you're listening to it, you like what you hear, you know, please let us know. We're very interested in in making sure that this is a high quality, uh, you know, full of benefits for you, and we want you to uh, we want you to keep listening. Well, it's been a while since I talked to you guys. Um, what you guys been up to? What's what's you what's been going on in the world of trains this week? How about how about you, Manzi? I, you know, I, I've been really busy these last couple of days uh, here. First thing I got, and I got a package from you and Johnny. I got the uh, your uh, MTH classic. Have, What's up? I actually shipped yeah, something to you? you did. Oh and I got God. another one coming next week. Could you imagine that? Uh, 
This is true. I did. So was it a small flaming you, uh, brown bag on your front porch? A small flaming turd? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, there you I mean, go. I don't know. It was a pretty big box. Uh, maybe, I don't know. But uh, no, anyway, I got a um, uh, Proto 1 upgrade to Legacy Class A. And let me tell you, man, that's a really nice engine. Uh, it's, uh, I said in the video, which uh, I'll put in the Discord uh, uh, forum post for this. Uh, but Johnny did what a fantastic engine and Sid, I know you listen to this. Uh, great job on the upgrade, man. I definitely want to do uh, another upgrade with you in the future. It's a ton of fun. And I really love it. Uh, aside from that, I've been busy uh, with my track. Uh, I've gotten some raw switches, uh, I think last week, the week before, and uh, I've been really busy with that, planning out stuff and making it really work. I am very, very close to, uh, having my layout torn down and starting over. I'm very close. I actually just bought some wood today. Uh, bought some two by fours to uh, start going with that. So I'm very close and you'll definitely see updates to that on the discord. And you know what? We'll be definitely be talking about that in the podcast today. Cause that's our topic for today. I was really surprised when you, when you posted, I said this during the, the pre-show, but I, when Matt Z posted wood, in in uh, uh you know tree wood in the server um he uh i genuinely expected him to be like oh yeah look i got i got wood and then he was gonna be like oh actually jk it's for our for, it's for our patio it's not for trains gotcha so I'm, I'm glad to see you're actually uh working on bench work and, and plan to expand soon because that's uh something you've been working on for quite some time yeah i've been uh i've just been busy with other things and you know i kept talking about it, talking about it and i'm like no let's finally do it um Actually, I was surprised real quick on the Class A was I tried it on my curves. It does it. I am shocked. I don't want to know how it does it, but it does. And running on 44 and a half, and it does it. It's rated for 72, so I'm like, yeah, okay, this is going to work, right? And it does it, so I'm like, cool. But, uh, you know, we're going to 72, true 72, so I'm like, you know what? That's what we're going to do, so. Well, that's 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 what we do here, at Matt. And Matt, we're the kings of minimum radiuses. <laughs> what? what do you Matt mean? knows all about that. Come on now, you're running the two ten ten two one zero sixty. You know, come on. I think articulated yeah. engines are a bit hard to test sometimes, and I mean, like we said before, like you know, some of these companies just tend to throw O seventy two on things because it's like, well, it's big, so it must be O seventy two. But when it actually comes down to the reality of putting it on someone's layout you know, you can get away with a lot of things and, and I have actually have something uh, as well. Well, actually let's, let's just go into it then, Matt. Cause speaking of, you know, articulated engines, you, you got one recently, one that you won for a while. I right? did. So as a uh, bona fide Santa Fe guy, that's uh, what I've been told. I did pick up uh, a Santa Fe two ten ten two recently. Uh, it's been something that I've been looking for. I did try to acquire one of the new ones that came out in the last few years, but unfortunately, uh, prices on those are quite high. Uh, people are way above the MSRP on that, and I just it just I couldn't afford anything like that, which is way out of my price range uh, for you know for spending that much on an engine. I, usually, I don't like to spend over MSRP on things, uh, especially you know when you're in the upper reaches where that engine lies. Yeah, I was just like, no way. Uh, but I was able to find the original number, uh, row number 3000 
that came out in 2010. So this is the OG Vision Line 2 10, 10, 2, and it is awesome. Uh, I, I, I received it, took it out of the box. There were some minor things I had to do to it to get it working. I mean, we're talking very minor. There was no cosmetic, anything cosmetically wrong with it. There's nothing electronically wrong with it. All the features work. Uh, and of course, it, you know, it moves around my 060 layout without any problems. So, uh, you know, again, it's articulated. Uh, it, it has a heck of a lot of drivers on it, but um, no issues whatsoever. So, yeah, very, very happy with it. That's awesome, dude, because I, uh, I actually went over to Matt's house uh, earlier this week to to record some some footage for a video that I'm planning to release uh, this weekend. So hopefully it'll be out by the time the show comes out. But getting to see that engine in person was insane because I've seen one in I think I've seen one in the case before. I could have sworn Chicagoland had one at one point. Um, but getting to see all the smoke effects, like the blowdown when you activated that when it was going by the camera, that was crazy. Um, and then I think the bell was the thing that I thought was the coolest. I've never actually seen the swinging bell feature in person. So to see that going was, was so awesome, but I'm, just, I'm glad you were able to pick that up, man. Uh, the two ten ten two is actually the only way to get a Santa Fe vision line model. It's the only Santa Fe vision line model they made. Uh, so I'm not counting. I know they made the BNSF uh, GS4, right? You know, that obviously was an option. Actually, those are the only two options. <laughs> so either you get a BNSF GS4, which I know they exist. I've seen a video of them once, but I've never, ever seen one for sale ever. So that one kind of like, you know, I wouldn't mind picking that one up too, but I'm like, okay, this is... You know, I don't know where I'm going to find or find this. So obviously, two ten ten twos are, you know, you can find them. They're out there uh, on the used market. They're on eBay, stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of the better way to go. But super glad I did. Very happy with it. Um, another thing I did this weekend was I took a trip uh, with my friend Johnny uh, and our friend Jason, and we went up to IRM, which is the Illinois Railway Museum. Uh, had a great time. It was uh, RPO weekend, and lucky for me, uh, Burlington Northern uh, BN3 was pulling the RPO cars, uh, which was fantastic. And uh, obviously, we rode uh, you know the trolley, we rode the inner urbans, we were able to make it in all the barns, and that is just an amazing place to be. Uh, and I hadn't been there in a long time. Uh, last time I went there uh, was maybe a decade ago for IRM does like a polar express in the winter time. So I ended up taking my kids up there to ride the polar express. And I think at the time, I don't, I don't remember if one of the inner urbans was doing the polar express or if it was the, no, I don't, I don't remember offhand, but uh, yeah, going back after being away from it for so long, I'm like, I'm ready to get back there now. So especially like for a steam weekend, that was so fun to to do because you know, I've gone a couple of times with Jason and and Sean and and some of the other guys, but um, getting to go there with with you was really cool. Uh, I, something that I still still boggles my mind um, for for our listeners. Uh, Matt and I, Matt R and I, have known each other and hung out with each other with for about about almost two years or so at this point, and, and we haven't gone to Iron with you at all in those two years. So that was like the first time we've gone with you and we've gone as a, a full group for the Chicago guys. 
and um, or at least you know for the the regulars who go to the the train show and stuff like that. And uh, seeing you had like a big smile on your face the entire day because you'd go through the barns and you'd see something cool or you were blown away by the fact that something was Santa Fe or an inner urban or something that was part of your collection. And it, just the fact that not only did they have BN3 running that day, but also the fact they had the interurbans that you have in, <laughs> yep. in third rail going at the same time. And you got to ring the bell for that too, didn't you? I, I kind of forced my my way into that situation. <laughs> oh, I know Tim. Yeah, so uh, shout out to our buddy Tim uh, as well. He was working uh, this weekend as well at IRM. Uh, they had him uh, working the RPM demonstration, which was awesome, and uh, we got to ride the inner urban with him and, and hang, hang out with him. But it was a it was a great weekend. I, I really enjoyed uh, I really enjoyed doing that, being able to hang out with you as well. It's like like we said, it's been a while, and uh, those are our first big hangouts since I think hmm, technically since last month. I know we did a smaller one beforehand, but that was a proper proper day out. So that was good. That was that was a lot of fun. Um. But yeah, uh, so kind of piggybacking off what Matt said, uh, like I said, we I went to IRM with him. Uh, for me, I have I have acquired some new trains uh, since our last show. I have acquired some beautiful MTH Alco PAs uh, that are Proto Two from that are Union Pacific, and they are fantastic. I brought them over to Matt's house to run actually the day I got them, and uh, they're beautiful. Special shout out to. Uh, our buddy John uh, Retro Mikado, who was a, a guest formerly on the show, um, for helping me secure those from his hobby shop because I am over the moon with those. Um, I'm also uh, I also acquired a brass Southern Pacific baggage car from Third Rail, a Harriman baggage car, which has now kind of made my Harriman coach train a little bit longer, which means I can use it for commuter service. So awesome on that i'm doing a lot of scenery folks who follow me on the discord or follow me on instagram uh you know i've gone full desert within the back corner of my life from the photo curve and i've been taking some really great shots on there and um speaking of scenery i am working on a video right now i i say that all the time but i am quite literally going to finish it tonight after the recording um it's a video on how i did my rail yard uh step-by-step tutorial on everything i did and the triumphs and failures I made on that. So I actually, the reason why I went to Matt's house this week is to uh, to film some scenes on his layout to help with the video. And also, we we filmed a, a fun a fun side gag that uh, I hope people who watch the video will enjoy. I know you and I had fun recording that because it was a uh, definitely different from what we normally Yes, do. we did. I, I'm looking forward to your video, Johnny. <laughs> but um, hey, yeah. Johnny, that's a commuter you know, train. <laughs> Commuter yeah. train, yeah, yeah. I also sold a certain train master to a to a Matt yeah. Z over there, um, and I've been trying to pull him down the Southern Pacific you're, rabbit you're, hole. You're doing a you're doing a good job of it, uh, that's for sure. I'll <laughs> tell you that. Yeah. You'll you'll get daylight eventually. Cars eventually yeah. day. Daylight or Golden State sure. or repaint some repaint some gallery cars. Maybe maybe I'll buy a Metro set for stupid cheap and uh, you know grab those. And then you won't be on the no, podcast anymore. <laughs> then I'll really be fired, right, Matt? That's right. Mm-hmm. Instant yes. termination. But uh, we'll uh, we'll go with that. More to come on that for sure. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, that's uh, what I've done this week. So uh, with that, with our, our check in out of the way, let's uh, let's get the ball rolling. 
Looking to expand your collection? Check out Trains.com. Trains is your go-to place for new and used model railroad products. They have everything ranging from engines, rolling stock, parts, track, and scenery. If you need it, they probably have it. With new discounts being added daily, you'll be sure to find something you like. Plus, Trains offers a newsletter which keeps you up to date on new items, discounts, and upcoming promotions. We've been using Trains for years and we highly recommend their stellar service. What's really cool is you can also collect points by buying trains and using them on future purchases. With their awesome rewards program, you can earn points on every purchase that you can use for future discounts. Dedicated modelers can also join their private car membership to get exclusive access to new listings, earn 5 points per dollar spent, and unlock great benefits like no questions asked returns. Trains not only sells trains, but also buys them too. If you've got a large collection or are interested in downsizing and making some cash, you can head on over to sellmytrains.com. It doesn't get easier than that. You can find them using our affiliate link, www.trains.com mmop, or if you want to use our one-time promo code mmop, you can get $10 off a single purchase on the trains.com website. So check out trains.com and start expanding your collection today. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get to the main event tonight. So again, like we said in the beginning, we're going to be talking about you know, the layouts that we made and the biggest three mistakes that we identified when building them. So, you know, cause you know, hindsight is always 2020. Uh, so I think we, we thought this would make a good topic talking about the top three things that, you know, we thought were a big mistakes and we want to inform you and educate, you know, you folks, the listeners, Maybe these are things that you could look out for when you design your layout, or maybe you're upgrading your layout or something like that. So there's a lot of scenarios here that, that these can be related to. The way that we're going to do it, the format that we're going to use is we each have top three items, but we're going to start at number three and work our way up to the number one spot, which is technically like the, what, what did I really mess up when I built my layout? Uh, and we're going to do a kind of round robin. So we're going to do, uh, you know, number three first, and we're all going to talk about our number three. I'll talk about our number two and then, you know, end it with number one. So uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, get started here at number three. And I'm going to, I'm going to call it Matt Z. So for me, my number three was uh, something that I'll correct on the next layout. All this, obviously, you know, if you're able to redo it, you know, do it while you can. But my number three was uh, my wiring. Uh, my wiring, I originally, you know, when I first started my layout years ago, I had uh, just the Lionel terminal tracks. And I've I've melted up a couple of those. So I'm like, okay, got to fix that. So then I went to basically bus wiring, but I used terminal blocks instead of doing like a full bus. Uh, that really didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And now I've moved on to true bus wiring with the suitcase connectors and uh, not to spoil anything, but uh, my track is so far shot that uh, the wiring helped a little, but my track is so shot. It's like, you know what? It, it just needs to be ripped up. So, but uh, I'll save that for another piece in this episode, but uh, definitely the wiring for sure. You know, Wiring, I think probably the biggest three things I could think of on a, on a layout in general are wiring, track, and bench work. If you screw those up, forget it. You know what I mean? But uh, 
that just you know that's my number three for you spoilers mancy spoilers i know right <laughs> i tell you hey what can i do johnny how about yourself I gotta, I gotta agree with Mad Z on that one. That's actually mine as well. Uh, wiring is something I definitely could have done better, uh, but not so as much just the wiring portion, but prepping your table for wiring. Uh, to to give more context to that, um, I got a pretty solid bench work that my my uncle built for me when I was younger. It, it's very sturdy. I could I could go up there and I'd do jumping jacks. It'd be a hundred percent fine. Um, but with that it was there's a lot of you know thick wooden boards and and such like that for supports what i should have done and should have asked him to help me with back when i was a kid and of course you're a kid you don't know um drill holes through your your boards so you can route wires through them because it would save a lot of time keep things a lot more organized and uh not have to have wires just kind of loosely hanging from underneath the table that because you know, if you store boxes or you need to crawl under the table and you got wires drooping down, you know, you shove a box under there and you rip out like three Woodland Scenics lights that you put in there when you got to buy new ones. Or uh, it, heaven forbid you got to go trace a wire. Oh, gosh, it, you can't find anything. So I really wish I would have pre-drilled some holes in my table on, on the bench work to be able to um, route wires through. I don't mean on the top. I mean like the support braces underneath. Um, that's one of the things I really wish I would have done a little bit better. Um, wiring the track wise, I think, I think it was okay in terms of the actual wiring. I don't have any drops or anything like that, but I did make the mistake of, uh, leaving all my train boxes under the table while I tried doing wiring. So instead of having nice clean wires that were, you know, organized, I kind of just, I connect it to the track and then I throw the, the, the spool of wire to the other side of the table and just grab where the other lead was and just plug it into the, the terminal block, which was just dumb, just really dumb. I, I fixed it in terms of I, I tidied it up with zip ties and, and twist ties. But yeah, wiring could have been a lot better. So for me, I really wish I would have drilled some holes in my table and I really wish I would have kept my wiring neat and tidy. So uh, definitely with you on, on that one, Matt Z. How about you, Matt R? So mine's a bit different. Uh, and I think we're going to kind of see that as we go down here, that people, we're all going to have a little bit different experiences. But mine was not future-proofing my layout when I first got it started. Let me explain what I mean by future-proofing. So when I built my initial layout, which was uh, a 7 by 4 and an 8 by 4 and they were set up in like an L shape. And that was basically like, okay, I'm going to build off of this. And the way I positioned it in the room that I went into was a bit, a bit more of a rush job. It was kind of like, well, I'm going to put it here and it's it, that that's going to be fine. Well, the problem is, is it was against the wall on one entire side. You know, we're talking you know, when you're talking about like a, a four foot reach, whenever engines on the back wall would like derail or something like, oh my God, it was a nightmare. And, you know, this wasn't the most sturdiest, uh, uh, well-built, you know, woodworking job, excuse me, uh, that I could have done. So I was very hesitant to actually get up on the layout and walk over there. So I had to find and make like reaching tools. <laughs> So I, could, so I could get stuff or, you know, it was even impossible to like go underneath and reach up from the other side. Like it was not, 
you know, some of these engines, when they go off the track, you know, we're talking like big steam engines, stuff like that are just impossible unless you're like right there. So that was a huge mistake for me. Like I didn't think about things like that when I was first setting the template for my layout in its current space. And those are things that you should obviously take in consideration. Now, a lot of people have probably stronger built layouts. They can get on top of it. They can walk around perfectly fine. It probably doesn't affect you. But the way mine was, it, it definitely had a large effect. And to remedy that, obviously, a couple of years ago, I pulled it away from the wall. And there's like a 24-inch space back there. And number one, it's it's not only easier to get back there and like, you know, do repairs, make track work, you know, fix derail in situations, but people can go back there and you can get a different perspective on the layout as well, like from a visual standpoint. And I was able to put up a, a backdrop back there as well. Like there's no way I would be able to do that if my if my layout was positioned against the wall. So be mindful of where your layout's at in your room. And make sure you can get to the things that you need to get to if something happens on the layout. I'm I'm with you on that one, Matt. I got to experience that for a very short period of time on my own layout. Um, mine's actually a walk-around layout, as, as some folks have seen on Instagram and on Discord. Um, mine's just a, a table where you can fully walk around it. But a short period of time, I, I put my backdrop directly against the back of my layout. Um, which, you know, for, for photographs, it was great. I loved it. But for sake of, uh, of in terms of like using the layout and trying to access parts of it, it was a nightmare. I, I did not like that one bit. And there are times where there was a derailment. And like I said, my layout might be strong enough where I can, you know, hop on top of it and it'd be fine. But it's still a pain to climb on top of, you know, because you're trying to not step on scenery, not kick over trains. And it's just a nightmare. Uh, so definitely if you can avoid it or, or have like an access hatch, definitely something I would recommend. I, I remember going to your lab when you still had it pressed against the, <laughs> the wall and, uh, you, you, you were struggling at times when you're trying to grab stuff. Uh, and I, I, I feel with the tools too, man, to the, the reaching tools. I had, I taped two rulers together and put a chalkboard eraser at the end so I could clean my track. <laughs> oh my God, the wow. things we do. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I don't want to hop on the way to clean the track. I'll just, you know, tape a bunch of sticks together and, and, and swipe it <laughs> exactly. until it fixes the problem. Hey, that's one way to do it, you know? Hey, it's not stupid know. if it works, you know? Just exactly. Just it's invented. It out there, you know? So if any guy's listening, if you think of, if you got some crazy things that you do, you know, if it works, it ain't dumb, you know? Exactly. But yeah, definitely, definitely agree with you on the on that there, Matt. Yeah, really good yeah, point. I um, I'll talk about this a little later, but I am about to transition from being able to access the back of my layout to having hatches, and I'm not sure how it's going to go, uh, but we'll find out, and I'll talk more about that later on. But uh, I think hatches we'll uh, hatches are fine too. I mean, as long as you have some way to gain access to each you know, little square foot of your layout, it's perfectly fine. But in my situation, I literally blocked myself, roadblocked myself from certain areas of the layout because I couldn't get there for technical issues and I couldn't get there from a creative standpoint either. And it just moving it 
out against the wall was one of the like top three things that I ever did in my layout. So, and I, I wish I would have done it sooner. I definitely feel you on the wish I should wish. Yeah, I can talk. Wish I did it sooner part. Uh, we'll talk about that later on too. Actually, honestly, this whole episode is basically, I wish I did it sooner. Want to support your favorite O-Scale podcast and rock some awesome merch? Well, now you can. We've teamed up with Redbubble.com and have come up with a great selection of gear that you can get right now. They have everything from shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, bags, you name it. Heck, you could even get a wall clock with us on it. All this great stuff and more at Redbubble.com. Links are down in the show notes, so grab yourself some gear and rock some awesome podcast merch. Well, let's move on to uh, number two now. Uh, I'll go ahead and um, I'll start with Johnny on number two. Okay. Uh, what what was my number two? Well, one that I think a lot of people have when building a layout and not future proofing. My curves on my layout are probably one of the regrets I have. Uh, for those who don't know, my layout is all 060 and i mean every single curve outer inner and switches um i i chose 060 because it was what fit my layout and you know it works fine i I really wish i would have done 072 because you know if you really want to go with big scale stuff 072 will fit 99 percent of stuff but I, i i tempted fate and i went with 60 instead and for me personally, I've yet to have an engine I can't run. Uh, like Matt, he's got his 2.10.10.2. I've got my big boy. He has the big boy too, the MTH big boy. That works perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, just because it works doesn't mean it doesn't look odd at times. Uh, switches are a big thing I have a lot of regret for. I don't know why in the heck my square brain thought that 060 switches was the way to go. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, I need to get these, this middle loop to fit in the, in between correctly. Why didn't I use 072? I would have had more space. I, I don't know why I didn't do that. It's just, it's just dumb. But I, I decided to go with 060 switches. Maybe, maybe because, no, no, there's no, there's no logical reason for why I did it. Because you can't find 060 switches. You, you can find 072, you just can't find 060. And if you find them, I guess the only advantage is that they're cheap because nobody wants them. So, um, don't know why I did 060. And then... Uh, to kind of hop on that as well for my curves, I banked all my curves for my layout, which I don't regret. I, I love all of it. It looks great. I really wish I would have tested my, my bank curves with something like the big boy uh, before I ballasted them and, and covered them up because some of the banks are a little bit too steep for the big boy uh, going a certain direction. Like I, I'll take it around. They'll do both my loops uh, around on 060 going clockwise. They're fine. But if it goes counterclockwise, it'll hop, which is why the big boy will only go one direction on my layout. Um, I, I really wish I would have tested that so I could adjust the cork and the uh, the banking properly, but uh, I, I, I'm i impatient. I don't like layout, my layout to not be scenic, so I was like, ah, I'll cover it with scenery and take nice photos and worry about it later. Big mistake. I, I really should have. I really should have paid attention to that. But yeah, curves and curve radiuses are one of my bigger regrets for me in terms of number two. So I'll, uh, 
I'll throw it over to to the the table here. I'll, in the I'll actually just piggyback on yours because actually mine is exactly the same. <laughs> my my number two. Uh, I have a little bit of a different outlook on mine, or I mean, a different perspective. Uh, I should have maximized the space when I had the chance. Uh, my original layout was two loops with an 036 and an 048. <laughs> and at the time, I didn't really, you know, I was very much into semi-scale. I had nothing but semi-scale unless it was like diesel engines, obviously. But I think the mistake I made was if I had the room, why didn't I just install the most maximum curve rating that I could get away with? Uh, at the time, my board was smaller, so I don't think I could have attached 060. But right now, you know, I, I like I said before, my my board is a four by seven and then a four by eight kind of set up in an L. But I've actually like modular <laughs> made my own modular system, <laughs> so I've uh, kind of bracketed and attached boards to extend it. Uh, both the you know the the far side where now it's kind of like a yard, but also on the front side as well. And now I'm able to actually install O60. And, and honestly, the idea, this idea came from Johnny, from going to Johnny's layout because our kind of layout sizes were roughly the same. And I kept looking at his and going, wait a minute, like, like, how are you doing this? Like, do all I need to do is just extend Put like a one foot extension out and I can do this. And guess what? That's all I needed to do. So it was just one of those things where I probably should have took the time to do some measurement and just went for the largest radius that I could get away with. And I think that's a good lessons learned thing. You know, when you're building your layout, if, if you're like, well, I'm going to do 048, don't you know use the next size possible you know again going back to my number three future proof yourself a bit uh and you'll have less work to do in the future uh honestly like so and putting 060 uh on my layout was probably the number one thing that i ever did to enhance my layout it was like johnny said like you can run pretty much anything out there minus a few special cases that just <laughs> will not work on 060 but i would say like 99% of the stuff out there will work on 060 so yep i'm i'm just kind of like again johnny you you and i kind of had the same number 2 uh but from a different kind of uh perspective so to so to speak so to speak oh yeah for sure and it's like you know, it, you, I, there's so many people I've talked to on our Discord and in person where uh, they, you know, you, you start off with a small layout because that's what you're into. That's fine. You know, if you like the smaller curves or you are have a space for a space restraint, then you know that's understandable. Um, but if you do have the opportunity to go bigger, definitely recommend it. Like I, I know Matt Z can recall a time where I was seeing in the Discord call and I was like, oh, I never, I never, I never want a big boy. Articulators don't interest me. And I said those exact words. And then I'm sitting here with a big boy <laughs> and a cat forward right now. Uh, like you, you'll you're restraining yourself of what you can buy as well. And you know there are some advantages to that. You know you, you save money, so you don't have to buy big trains. But um, your trains will also look better on the bigger curves too. 
it's it's something that if you have the opportunity to go big, you know, go big or go home. Don't don't limit yourself if you don't have to, and you'll you'll thank yourself in the long run. It, it'll make running trains a lot more exciting. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's a win win scenario. Oh. Like like you said, even even if you don't have big engines and you have smaller engines, they will look and perform so much better on larger curves. And again, if you're able to do it, like if you're constrained by space that you're in or maybe it's a cost thing that's completely understandable i think we're just saying if you have the means to do it it it, it it's a positive thing for you to do 100% how about uh how about you matt z what's your number 2 uh mine is very similar to what you guys have although i'm going to take it a little step further uh mine is sure my curves uh but it's also just my track in general you, you know i uh you know, my dad, uh, he moved out of his parents' house and uh, had his own house uh, before he passed away. And um, he he redid his layout with uh, Ross, Ross and Gargraves. And oh, my God, I, I that track, you know, I don't mean to get on a track debate, but my God, that track is probably some of the nicest track I've ever seen. It the you can work with it. It looks really good. That's up for debate, sure. But it, it is a very good track to work with. It's all you know. It's all solid. Uh, yeah, it's all hollow rail. So you can cut it with a Dremel. It takes you ten seconds. You can just uh, tap the uh, pins in with a pair of pliers. Oh, I love it. I, I cannot wait to build this layout. I, I am so excited. It's not even funny. Um, I have fast track right now. Nothing against fast track. Uh, my biggest gripe, if I had to say, and this is not just me, it's a lot of people, is the volume. The volume of the, I can hear the fast track upstairs. And it's like, oh my God. This Ross, even just, just a little piece of it I had on my table now. I'm like, my God, this is so good. I got some ballast from our buddy Sean on the Discord. Uh, or ballast roadbed, sorry. And uh, oh man, even that too. It's gonna be so nice running trains. I, I just I cannot wait. I am so excited to uh to start doing that. Like I said, right now I'm on forty four and a half. I had two loops of thirty six, and they worked. And then I found some guy on the forum that did forty four and a half. It'll it's the closest you can get to forty eight. That'll fit on a four foot wide board. So I tried that and. It's worked out great. I've got a lot of big steam engines, big-ish steam engines that I never would have thought I got. I got an S3, a bunch of other Northerns. Uh, I got a Class A, which somehow runs. I don't know. Uh, I got some stuff that doesn't run, but that's what the next layout's for, and it'll be coming very soon, like I said, with Ross Track. I just I can't wait. Um, the switches I had, this is, this is my other mistake. And like Johnny, I went through 036 switches, which if you want another no-no to do, don't do that. Um, I bought them because I thought that the spacing, track spacing, was uh, smaller on the uh, 036, and it was bigger. I didn't realize that. So I spent all this money on 036 switches, and it didn't work. 
my passenger cars hated it. I had a crossover in the back. I took that out because I couldn't get anything to run on it half the time. Uh, I sold those to uh, Chris's trains and things on the Discord. Uh, I know Chris is having uh, using those for his uh, kids' layout, so hey, more power to you. Hope, hope they're enjoying them. But uh, I have that, and I, I just not happy with that at all. So this new layout's going to have a lot of regular um, raw switches, which are 11 degrees, and some number fours thrown in there. Uh, I just it's going to be great, and I, I cannot wait. Quick on the future proof is this is another mm-hmm. thing is you know you guys are talking about it and yeah that's if I had to throw an honorable mention in here uh, that would definitely be one of them is future proofing you, you know it, like like Matt and Johnny said if you can do big curves and big space do it because you know what you'll buy that engine or buy that car that you can't run no matter how hard you try and you'll want to be able to use it. You know, because you spent the money on it because you wanted it. And, you know, if you can do it, just do it now. You'll forever thank yourself for doing it. Yep. Yeah, and again, future-proofing is, it, it's not an exact, <laughs> we're not talking about exact science here. Like, nobody can predict the future, right? Like, I never thought I would be running all-scale everything. I didn't think I would have articulated steam engines, like Johnny said. Like, that was never in my scope, my initial scope of of when I built my layout. And now that I think about it, I'm like, if I would have just kind of went a little bit bigger when I made it, I wouldn't have been in the situation that I was in. Now, it wasn't a hard modification to my layout, uh, but I did have to rip up all the track, rewire everything, put all the new track down. So I think when I went from 048 to uh, 060, do 060 loops, uh, you know, my track was down for like three months, you know, because it's not something I could have worked on in the weekend. Like I was busy. I had things to do. So I would work on my layout, do other things, go back to my layout, do other things. And then you kind of get like, you know, you get into that slump where you're, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, this is never going to get done. <laughs> but um, yeah, just just to go back, it just if you have the means to do it, do it when you build the layout and then you don't have to worry about it in the future. Yeah, I'm kind of to that point now. It's like I'm, I said, I'm ready to build, but it's the great. Once I start, I, it's gonna kill me because I won't be able to run anything. So it's like you know, it's like, well, when do I draw the line? It's like, when can I not look at this and be ready for what's gonna come? I just got to bite the bullet and stop running and build it. You know what I mean? Yep. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I think I. Yeah, and the last thing, otherwise we're going to go on this for for all night. I I, I think I, I told you this one night, and, and voice call Madzi. It's do you want to keep bandaging your layout to the point where you know where, where there's an issue that you're aware of that you you could have fixed a long time ago or you messed up at the beginning, or do you want to just pull it down and just do it right and have a, a layout that runs well? And that's that's the, what's got to consider when it comes to uh, rebuilding your layout situation like that. So, no, Johnny, I completely agree. That was, you know, really my thinking and really kind of got me going to think, you know what, why am I going to bother working with what I have and just start over again, completely tear it down? I have an expansion. It's back there. It's been sitting there idle now for a year and a half because I'm like, you know what, like you said, it's just going to sit. It's not going to be what I want. It's going to have the same problems that mine does now. So I'm like, you know what? Let's do it right. And 
more to come on that. Enjoying this week's topic? You can join in on the conversation too on our community Discord server. We have a lot of different discussion channels ranging from showing off your collection, discussing the latest and greatest in the industry, a buy and sell forum, and even a voice channel you can hop on call and talk trains with us late into the night. We're a little over 300 strong and we'll love to have you join us too. Check out the invite link to our community Discord down in the show notes. Read and acknowledge the rules and introduce yourself and start chatting. We have a great team of moderators who make sure all are welcomed and respected. So what are you waiting for? Come on down and join us in on the fun and let's talk some trains. Thanks for being patient with our quick little message there. Let's actually go ahead and um, start with our number ones. And since I did not go first yet for number one, I will go ahead and go first. And uh, mine, it was kind of already brought up a bit, but mine is the number one for me, without a doubt. And that is power on your layout and wiring the drops in the feeds correctly. So I'm not talking power when we're talking about like picking out a transformer and stuff like that. that. That is very important, but I didn't have an issue there. Uh, but that is something to consider, obviously. And if you want to know more about Transformers, you can go back to one of our early episodes. We actually did an entire episode about powering your layout. So go check that out. Uh, anyway, so my number one was about installing the correct feeds and drops to your track. And please, for the love of everything, put feeds into all of your individual spurs and sightings or you'll have problems <laughs> uh i did not do that i was under the impression that i could have enough power you know i had a good transformer so i kind of figured that i would be okay uh with you know i have a lot of power i and i'm talking this is even like segmenting your loops too right with individual power sources like i had that as well but when you create spurs and sightings and stuff like that, like you just really need to install power sources to each one of them. Uh, I did that when I extended my yard out and it is a night and day difference. Now, when I redid my layout, like when I took up all the track and I redid everything, uh, I did do it correctly. <laughs> I, I added so many, you know, more drops to the tracks and the sightings and stuff like that. But there were times where like I would move a train, I would try to park a train into a sighting or go through my town and it would like die in several spots just because it was just the power was just not there. Uh, and that is 100% like the number one thing for me that I made a mistake. So when you're you know, documenting your train layout when you're, you know, you got your layout or whatever, using a program to do it. Or if you're just, you know, doing it by putting the track on the boards and stuff like that, like be aware of where you're going to put your drops. And if you think you wired enough, you probably didn't. So add more. So the more, <laughs> the more feeds, the merrier. I, I don't think you could. I think honestly, you could probably feed every single track and that would actually be fine. I mean, do you need to do that? Probably not. But, you know, be, don't, 
don't be uh, hesitant when it comes to like, you know, adding features and power to all your track because you'll solve so many problems. And that, you know, l- 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 let's be honest here. Power is like the number one thing. You aren't doing anything if you don't have power going on your layout. And you'll have so many problems with just running trains and lighting, you know, any kind of like passenger cars or anything else. And I'm not, I'm not going to go down the, the route of like, you know, powering accessories and stuff like that. Like we all know, like, you know, when you run power, like power your track with a single source, don't use sources from, you know, don't share your track with your accessories. Like, you know, that's a definitely a big no, no, like have individual power sources for all of these things. Um, now, Again, I didn't do that. Like I had a single source for my track, but unfortunately I just didn't do enough feeds. So lessons learned. I fixed the problem, uh, but it's something I wish I would have done when I initially uh, built the layout. I remember that, Matt. When you when I went to your house for the first time to run trains, uh, you, were, you had your 060T and it was on the main line and we wanted to run something else. And you're like, oh, we'll park it. I was like, oh, I'll park it in the siding. And I think we backed the train in, and it probably got maybe like a section and a half past the switch, yep. and then <laughs> dead. And she's like, yeah, it's it's not enough power back there. I don't think the engine can get all the way to the salt factory you had on the land at the time. But um, yeah, I, I I get you there. Power drops are really important. I I remember um when I did my layout, I had this is when I was very young um like still in school, like middle school young, I had like one terminal track, the one right in front of my control panel for my entire layout. That was uh, a power drop. The engine came to a crawl on the other side. It's like, uh, oh, I'll add another one. I had one right next to it. That's not going to do anything. It's legitimately the track right next to the terminal track. I added a second one. It did nothing. I don't know why I thought that was going to work. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely yep. want to add a lot of drops. Yeah, I've, uh, I've noticed that when you're testing, and this is something I'm going to do now that I have, you know, big things to test with. You know, I've got, you know, passenger trains that draw a lot of amps. I have the uh, one of the Proto One centipedes. That thing sitting still, it draws five amps with this with all the smoke units lit up. <laughs> it's the it, lights I mean, flicker in your basement when you turn it on. It's a, <laughs> it's a power hog and a half. So I'm thinking, you know what? If I'm going to have a problem, that one's going to tell me. That and uh, pull more motors or engines with no speed control. That's another one that I'll tell you right away if you got got any oh, sort yeah. of power loss. That's Even a just a, like a half a volt, you'll be able to tell. And uh, it's funny. I was running my Class A the other day, and I can't blow the whistle in the back because the power just drowned, drains to almost nothing. And I'm like, oh boy. So then I put an incandescently lit passenger train, another amp hog. Yeah, I probably get 10 volts back there. No wonder why I'm having a problem, you know? Yeah, actually, that makes you actually bring up a good point, Matt, in that that um, some layouts that are built for command control that work perfectly fine are not good for conventional and 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 vice versa. Like, you know... Again, after redoing my layout, getting all the power correctly, I have no problem running command control engines. Like I run the, I can run tons of them without any problem. But when I, uh, you know, from my 100th anniversary Santa Fe 100th anniversary set, like I tried to run that thing in command control. It, just, I mean, again, these are pull more motors. I mean, that was already 
uh, a red flag for me, <laughs> but, but yeah, I could, I could not run. I had to pull out the other powered B unit out of that. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't run it with the two powered units. I could only run one of the powered units and, you know, all of those units, plus all the passenger cars running the, you know, the incandescent lamps, man, that thing was just pulling amps. Like I was right on the cusp of like, you know, <laughs> triggering the, uh, you know, the amp, the, uh, the power supply, you know, it was, it was, it was ready to blow. <laughs> you want, you want a hog for power. That one that woke me up to like, hmm, maybe I need more drops before I learn how to wire things properly. Uh, any K-line engine you try to run with no crews. Yeah. yeah good luck. Uh, I tried to run that on a DCS uh, Explorer or after my, my constant issues with it tripping because of my K-line engine. I just call it the DCS Exploder <laughs> as we do on the Discord server. Uh, the, the, it's not a bad command control system at all, especially if trying to test out DCS for the first time, but I just wired things so poorly. Because I would run my, I had the semi-scale K-Line GS4, no surprise there. Uh, I was running that around my layout, and it would, pulling like Rail King Imperial cars with big bulbs in them, and it would, it would zoom around the layout as K-Line engines with no cruise does, and it would hit the same spot in the curb every single time that would need to work the motor a little bit harder, and then dead. <laughs> Just every single time. Like, you want to test if your, your layout can handle power? Oh, Put a K-Line engine on there. That'll that'll really tell you. Yeah, like you're, uh, but, uh, like you're saying, you know, basically any engine that is not, you know, I wouldn't say command, but any oddball engine, you know, uh, conventional command, no cruise, conventional high smoke units, incandescent lit passenger cars, whatever it is, take the craziest train you can possibly think of that is an amp hog, Test with that, you know what I mean. And what I would do too, I like I have a Z four thousand, and so what I'm going to do with it is I'm going to try to run two of them off of one transformer and see what that does. I'll try to do like the centipede, like the Commodore Vanderbilt or something, and just see what the amps do. See what the transformer does. If I can max it out to ten amps aside, let's just say, just to see what it'll do, and that'll determine what you got going. At least that's. That's what I'm going to do. Obviously, it's an extreme test, but when you're testing, that's what you do. You got to push the limits. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Matt Z, why don't you uh, tell us your number one? All right. So for me, my number one is, uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, as uh, maybe future-proofing, but a little bit before that is the bench work. Um, the guys kind of make fun of me all the time. My lat was built on sawhorses, and there's only two of them per table. It's two four by eight tables put together, and I have a sawhorse on one end and a sawhorse on the other. Uh, one of them doesn't even have a wood uh, brace going in between. Only one table on each of the uh, four sawhorses has that. The other one doesn't. It just has the metal bar that goes across, and I have a very badly sagging table in that and the guys make fun of me all the time because it dips and i'm like yeah i know and uh so that's definitely something i'm going to improve on uh, like i said i got wood for that so we will get going on that soon i've been watching everybody's bench work uh videos pictures you've been posting i got them all saved on my phone i can blow up to my heart's content and see how you're doing it i know maddie c he just redid his layout uh, he had a his friend steve and a buddy of his help 
And I was I asked Matt a bunch of questions. I saved all his pictures he's taken uh, with his bench work so I could see what it looks like before you put the plywood on so I can get an idea of the framing and how to do all that. Just because you know what? You need it. And when you're new to this, I don't know the first thing about bench work. And I need all the help I can get. So I figured, you know what? If I can use people's layouts as resources, uh, by all means, I'll do it. So that way I have an idea when it comes time to do this. Because, you know, unfortunately, I don't really have anybody uh, that can really do it. Like I said, my dad passed away almost a year ago at this point. And I know he would help me in a second uh, with it had he still been alive. But uh, unfortunately, that time is behind us. So you know what? I'll go it alone, but we'll do the best we can here. So all you guys, if you got bench work photos, please put them in the uh, forum post for this so I could see them and blow them up because I want to be able to look at it really good. So thank you. All right, uh, Johnny, how about yourself? What What's your number one? So mine kind of piggybacks off of Matt, um, uh, Matt Z's for his, which was, just table size. It goes hand in hand with curb radius and what I said earlier. Um, my layout, for those who don't know, is six by ten feet. And for the the original track plan I was going to do, that's perfectly fine. But I ended up changing that, and I I, I built we had the bench work built. Um, maybe oh gosh, before I realistically started working my layout to the point where it is now five plus years beforehand maybe in a decade um and it just you know back then i was like oh i'm just gonna have these curbs and blah 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 and it uh, i i should have made it bigger when i finally actually started buying large radius curbs i wanted to put 072 like i had mentioned before but six feet is too small for 072 it's just just a little like i think half a foot too small um so if i would have made my table seven feet I could have had 072 and not have to worry about testing if an articulator can do uh, a minimum curve of 060 or not. I really wish I would have keep, kept that in consideration and or even just like making the table bigger in terms of maximizing the space I have. I really don't have a, a space restraint. The basement for the most part is my, my domain, do what I, I wish, but, um, but it's also my folks place too. If I really wanted to maximize on space, I, I really could do a whole around the basement, you know, layout empire. But it, because of my table size, I I've got small loops, and I can only run, you know, so many cars on a passenger train. I can't go do humongous unit trains like other folks do. So, table size is definitely one I really wish I would have done a little bit more research into. Not saying that a small layout isn't, you know, you can't do a lot with the small layout because I definitely have pushed it to the limits of what I can do. But uh, there is that that part of you that always wants to make it a little bit bigger, and I I really wish I would have, you know, extended it and be like another couple feet in each direction and uh, gotten the chance to have some bigger curbs or have a a yard that had a little bit more space because I have a, a switchback design on mine, which only allows uh, either a very small steam engine or a a diesel in my inner siding for my yard. It, it like I said, future proofing and just really planning for what you want because if i had that oh God, i would have the, the empire of my dreams but hey i'm still pretty happy with my layout as it is so yeah it's definitely out. something i'm even looking at today as a matter of fact when i got the wood home um i was a i have six and a 
it's about a half ish and 72 will fit it's a squeeze and i'm learning that i'm like you know when i threw it on the floor i'm like you know what an extra foot and a half is not that much more room i might just end up doing the eight feet so that way i can have space on each side for the curve to breathe and allow it to fit really well so i might even end up doing that because i'm like you know what i have the room i can use it so why not just do it right and you know not have to band-aid it like we talked about earlier at least that's my my way of thinking now Mm -hmm. put it this way it it's nicer to have a little bit of extra room between the edge of your track and the edge of the table one, if you like doing scenery like me, gives you some opportunity, some more scenery shots and stuff like that. And two, like here's one thing for for my the reason why my my curves are banked isn't just a decision for aesthetics; it's a decision for necessity. The fascia board on the farthest right side of my table, uh, we put a bunch of caulking on the edge of the fascia board. Well, when we did that, we put a little bit too much on one side, and no matter how much sanding I do to it the fast track roadbed will never sit flush on the table. It always dipped to one side. And unfortunately, the way it dipped to one side is the track would lean outwards toward the edge of the table. And I did not like seeing my northerns rock when they were on that side because they were so close to the edge. So I banked all my curves inwards. So if, heaven forbid, they tip over, they tip inwards so they don't fall off the side. So if you can add like an extra inch or something on the edge of your table, or even like a fascia board too, that helps a lot as well. Um, just something to keep, you know, as a, as a fail safe. That, that's something that I uh, definitely would recommend if you have the opportunity to do. Just give, it that, give yourself a little bit of wiggle room so you, so you don't have to worry about your engines quite literally skirting the edge of your table. Yeah, my track's on the edge right now, and it, it worries me every time I run something. I'm like, oh, God, you know. I was running this class say it took a couple I had to hold my breath a couple times so I'm like, oh okay, you know. It's doing it. Just send it. Yeah, right. right? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, Zach. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our uh, our main topic for tonight. So do you guys uh have any uh quick uh summaries or anything else you uh wanna bring up about uh you know, woes when, you know, mistakes you made when building your layout. I think, uh, you know, basically talking about it, we almost kind of had the same things just in different order. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, kind of like what I said was, you know, know, track, bench work, and all of that, you know, really, those are your foundations for your layout. You know, like I said, you mess those up, and you're not going to have a fun time running trains. There's going to be problem after problem. And, you know, every layout has its problems, you know. Like it or not, there's no such thing as a perfect layout. And you're going to find out quick that, you know, you might have a problem. You might have to correct it halfway through building a layout or after you got scenery down or whatever. You know, you might just have to work with what you got at that point. But just be mindful of that and... You know, if you got questions, by all means, ask the ask on the Discord or message any one of us or however you want to get in contact with us. We can totally help you out for sure. Yeah, and if you're not on the Discord and you're listening to this, well, guess what? This is a good time to get on our Discord 
and get help because we have a help forum for technical issues. We have a uh, a lot of people on our server who are, I would say, like professional level, like <laughs> train layout builders for sure. Um, I wouldn't consider myself one of them, but uh, we do have a lot of folks on there that are very good at building layouts, have a lot of good information, and uh, would be more than happy to help you out. So, yeah, if you're listening to this, you're not on the Discord, you know, check it out. It's a fantastic resource. We have a really, really great community. So, and we'd love to like chat with you on the Discord server. Oh God, yeah. Agreed, agreed. And uh, on a, on, a, on the other end of the spectrum as well, if you don't have uh, people, if you don't want to join the Discord, which is perfectly fine, and you want to talk someone locally to yourself, if you have buddies around you, uh, something that Matt uh, did, what Matt R did when he was uh, rebuilding his layout, is uh, a tip. If you got train buddies in your area, have them come over and have them. I won't say break your layout, yep. but stress test your layout because that'll expose the gremlins very quickly when you have a bunch of people over running trains at once and pushing your layout to the absolute limits. You'll, you'll figure out what points you need to fix pretty quickly. But I, I hope, and I think that helped uh, Matt when he was. Uh, I call that client test project. testing. That's my client there test testing right there. It, you know what? It You're spot on, Johnny. It actually worked very well because I said, okay, guys. Here it is. I finished it. Do whatever you want to do. Like, you know, run trains everywhere. And I just had a notepad and I was just making notes as they were doing it. And they would say, oh, hey, I'm, I'm having a little issue over here. Or, you know, maybe there's a continuity issue over here or something like that. And I just make notes. But it helps a lot. It really does. And I have a smaller layout, too. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, you know, folks with larger layouts. Like, I mean, you know, you really need to get in there and have people test it and stuff like that for sure for sure and it helps a lot so if you you have that uh opportunity definitely take it but uh yeah that's that's my takeaway if you if you found this podcast then you obviously have the means to you know go on the internet and look for things and find resources and the resources are out there uh whether it be a forum a discord uh, Facebook or some other community, you can even email us, you know, if, if you're a little bit hesitant for that, th for those other items, send us an email, our emails in the show notes and uh, ask a question and we'd be more than happy to help you out. All right. Well, hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode. We did. Uh, again, this is kind of our part of our new format and it will, it will change in and obviously flow a bit better. Uh, as we move into, you know, new episodes down the road. Um, this is the first one that we've kind of used this format. And, uh, you know, at this time in the show, you know, we would like to, you know, we would give our shout outs to the community, uh, you know, folks on the discord uh, today, unfortunately, you know, because this is kind of like our, our, our new kind of series or, you know, reboot uh, of the Matt and Matt podcast. Uh, you know, we just want to thank everybody. I think that's the easiest way to do it is just thank, thanks to everyone for, you know, giving us your ears, downloading our episodes, uh, giving us feedback on the Discord server or on Facebook. Uh, we are on Instagram too as well. Uh, so, and, you know, we'll try to post on there as much as we can. But uh, yeah, just thank you to everybody for being there. Like we are, we are actually going to, we're actually going to turn three, so three years uh, in August. 
uh, which is amazing, uh, you know, that we've actually got to this point. And I don't think, uh, at least for me, I didn't think that we would get to this point, but because of the support of the community, uh, we keep making episodes and we like making episodes. So thank you, everybody. And we told uh, Matt was talking with us today and couldn't believe it. He goes, uh, you know, even with our sponsorship with trains, he says it's been two years already, but it's been how long? What? You know what I mean? I couldn't believe he said we're turning three in in uh, in August. If I if I was standing up, I would have fallen over. I'm like, <laughs> you're kidding me. You know what? I, mean? I can't believe it. You know, it seems like just yesterday we started this. You know, can't believe it. But uh, really, huge thanks to all you guys for listening. And like I said, you guys who you know we keep the keep the lights on and you know. You and uh, Matt and Johnny, of course, you know, love hanging out with you guys and talking trains and whatever. Huge fun. Uh, all you guys on the Discord, I said, all the listeners, thank you, everybody. Really appreciate it much. For sure. And yay, we're turning three. I can finally learn how to spell Matt and Matt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, thank you so much, everybody. I'm going to keep this brief because we don't want to turn this into a big thank you session that like we do every episode. But um, thank you so much for, for being our listeners, for being great to us, and for coming back even after uh, we've taken a month-long break. Uh, for all those who are still active on the Discord calls and chat notes on and all the voice calls are you guys are amazing so thank you so much and uh, we have a bunch of new stuff coming up this year uh matt and i will still plan to see hopefully some of you yep. guys at uh, york maybe we can kidnap matt z this time around because he has no more excuses to not go um so uh we'll we'll see you guys then all right and uh well you know let's go ahead and uh you know let's take ourselves out here so johnny where can people find you on social media you can find me on YouTube at Automus. That's A-U-D-A-M-U-S. Like I said, I am finishing up the video of me working on my yard scenery. So if you want to see what I've been up to and how much I screwed up the process of doing that, hit subscribe on my uh, YouTube channel and uh, hit the bell for notifications. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Automus underscore trains, where I post a bunch of photos of my progress, a lot more active on there than I am on YouTube. And last but not least, you can find me on the Matt Matt O'Scale podcast Discord server. I'm always chatting on there, and I'm also in the voice calls making a fool of myself. So come on down. It's lots of fun. Matt Z, how about yourself, sir? You know, Johnny, what's funny? I was looking for your Class A video when I did mine. And I'm like, I had to remember how to spell your name, but it kept replaying in my head how you do the the social media plug for uh, the podcast. I'm like, oh, that's how you spell it. Okay. So, but uh, it's because I messed up my name one time and I make sure I pull up my name on the screen every time I do it because I can't, I couldn't spell my own name in one episode. Right? Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> you can find me on uh, YouTube under Matt Dash Train Lover 9943. Uh, Facebook under the same name. I haven't been posting on Facebook in a while. I need to get back on that. I think once I expand, that'll be my, my restart into Facebook, I think. But um, you find me on Instagram as uh, mats.hobbies. And uh, like Johnny said, on the uh, Discord server, of course, always having a good old time there. You know, talking, chatting away, buying, selling, all that sort of deal. But uh, as, like Johnny said, come on down. Always a fun time. And you can find me on YouTube at WC Model Railroad. I'm on Facebook as WC Model Railroad. And yes, on Instagram, 
WC Mount Array Road. Pretty easy to find me, pretty easy to remember. So uh, again, thanks everybody uh, for your ears, for listening to the podcast, and uh, we will uh, we will talk to you later. Take care, everyone. Have a good night, everyone. Take good care of that. Thank you.